0: What do you hear? What do you say?
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Chicago. Coming from the true Chicago sports fan cave, this is the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. Episode 127 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to GritClothingCo.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword true Chicago and use our promo code TrueFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFAN15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. Now as in right now. Uh, as always, I'm Big Z and I'm here with my boy E-Rock. What up, e?
3: what's up z what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show if you are a first timer or a long timer please remember to hit that subscribe button that notify button and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice you can find us on facebook at true chicago fans you can follow us on twitter at true shy fans and on ig at true chicago sports fans and don't forget you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm forward slash true chicago sports fans go on over there and (laughs) Click on support and you can subscribe for as low as 99 cents a month. You see what I did there? I do. (laughs) Listen, do you like the show? I do. Are you a fan? Always. Then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends. Just like Biggie said, let's all be friends. If you enjoy what we do, if we make you laugh or feel any type of emotion, or just you know, make sure that you don't throw your phone when you hear what I got to say. But if you enjoy it, share it with your friends and your family who are also sports fans and also like to hear people say funny shit on a podcast. Z, what's up, brother? How you been?
2: Man, been good, man. Been good. Uh otherwise uh, I mean I mean it's, it's crazy because it's a new school you know second part of the school year it's the long part of the school year and it kind of fucking sucks for teachers because you've been off for so long and now it's like the long haul the January you got one one day off February you got one day off and then March nothing April you've got the spring break and then May you know that's pretty much the, the you know the last you can see the finish line in May uh, but it is crazy to deal with these kids man they uh, they're, they're just cracking up man. Um, it's been crazy and I've been, I was volunteered voluntoed, yes, <laughs> that I will be coaching the boys basketball team for my school. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was not happy about that. Um, uh, so that's going to be ramping up this week. I'll be dusting off the clipboard and back to the coach's chair. Uh, so I think it's fifth through eighth, but I think I'm only going to take sixth, seventh and eighth based on skill. Uh, I can roster 15, but I'll probably be rostering just 12, maybe even just 10 um there's not a lot of uh you know time and i don't even i I don't know what the what the talent level is at this moment i know there's i've seen two or three kids with good talent and and that's pretty much what you need at that level just three kids that that can run your offense and run everything else and then uh you you fill from there but um, it's been since my first year of teaching That I've been coaching uh, at this low level At the elementary level And the last time I did coach basketball For boys at that level we, we did win a championship I got the ball here I still have it here nice. Signed by all the kids So I'm going to take that to, um, to the first practice And then let them see that uh, So it's, it's been weird um, Funny enough I ended up contacting The athletic director Who's a new person there uh, She took over for this other guy Named Matt Smith um, And when she called me on my cell phone because uh, i left her a message she uh his matt his matt smith's came uh, name came up i'm like oh you still have the same cell phone all right great that was weird uh so she's like you've coached for us before i see you're in the system i'm like yeah 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 in 2011 so that's how long it's been that i coached at lower level so um i'm excited and not excited um just because i i I don't know what the level of commitment of kids are uh, these days, and especially for a school. Like, if it's for AAU, kids are a little bit more intense about it, more driven, more – and parents are parents. Uh, So I don't know what what it's going to be, what the parent turnout is, what the fans uh, or what the locations are going to be at.
3: You know, the the big thing about that is that, uh, you know, if you can roster 15, roster 15. You know why? Because, uh, you know, what happens is you get to that point – number one you're gonna get more people uh interested in it overall right and number two let's say you got a, a kid on your team that you know has the ability but he's just lollygagging you he says well guess what billy over at the end of the bench would love to play go sit your ass down
2: oh yeah i'm, I'm ready for that i'm so ready you know for that.
3: let him know hey hey if you want to try i don't need to try with you Billy over there wants to try, yeah. That's how I had that's,
2: that's an I had a eighth grader since he found out about basketball. I think he's a late transfer, and he's like, You need me on your team. I'm like, Bro, I will pick nothing but fifth graders, keep playing with me. I will <laughs> take nothing but fifth graders, and I yeah. get you, they will try hard and they'll run my offense. So keep playing, keep playing. And, he, and since then, he's not opened his mouth. He's like, Yes, coach, no, coach. I'm like, Yeah, that's you, right, that's right. Show some respect, show some respect. So,
3: you know, it's not just that, but I got to a point where, like, if you asked, Hey, can I, nope. Hell no. Nah. The only thing I'm going to say yes to is can I get a drink of water and can I use a washroom? Yep. Can I play? Nope. You can't play there. If nope. you ask, you're not playing there today. Nope. And that guy says, we. Do, you know what I mean? I will put you where I need you. I know you might have a favorite thing you like to do, but you're right. going to be put where you need it. And that's how it works.
2: Yeah. My biggest thing is going to be no threes. No threes. I want to see you. <laughs> I want to see you shoot close to the rim as possible and, and, and rack up points. I mean, there's no shot clock you run the offense until they yeah. get tired and we're going to we're going to push the ball and and run our offense and that's that's how I play for, uh, how I coach for that level uh just because they're going to foul you they don't know how to play defense so they're going to foul you you're going to shoot a lot of free throws and if you're close to the rim you're going to get an and one we don't need threes
3: you know it, it's funny though because uh, I have actually been watching a good amount of uh, junior high basketball because my daughter's been going to the game and uh, you know I, I, it, when it comes down to that I got to pick her up afterwards so I'll go in there I know a lot of these parents I know a lot of the kids I got one of the uh, one of my brand new softball players she's actually a cheerleader on that team uh, so you know I'll go and just hang out and uh, and watch the game and there's just one kid on the team that's running everything so I mean once he's off the floor you're like oh crap let's see what's going to happen now yep. but I mean we there's there was games where it was like three, and it was another game where it's like 15 to 16 right and then yeah. they end up losing that one because you got uh, you know someone that knows how to put their hands in front of you when you're inbounding or even like try to knock the ball down or anything at all so it's a big difference when you look at at. it's not just the talent level it's also the experience right because i didn't even start playing basketball so i was like maybe sixth grade and even then when i take a shot from uh, under the rim i do the rainbow and i'm they're like use the backboard dummy i was like oh shit i'm trying to like get it i'm like get in there God. You know, and, and then yeah. So I mean, like we would play at the park, but not not that intense. And then once I did, I, I all I did was play basketball.
2: Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I didn't. I was a late bloomer. I didn't start playing until I was like uh, late twelve, early thirteen. And then from yeah. that point on. I was a gym rat and I was shooting every day. I mean, I wasn't talented at shooting at the beginning. I was you know, tall and like, I was probably this height at that age. So mm-hmm. I was a- able to jump pretty high and block everybody. So I was more of a defensive specialist at that point. And then just worked on my shot and, you know, played with the older guys to, to up my level of, of skills. So they would tell me, you know, he's a little tip. He's a little tip. Um, so that's how, you know, I, that's what I approach is like. We're just gonna give them a nugget at a time, and then we'll see how far it goes. We only have six games and then playoffs, so uh it should be a quick season. And uh hopefully, I'm not volunteered to coach anything else. <laughs> well,
3: unless, unless you really like get into it again, because I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, yeah, I am. I'm, you you I'm, get the <laughs> coach's
2: bug, and it's funny because I, because I wanted to coach flag football because I. I was cheated. Wanted to be
3: in the All-Star game?
2: <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be in the Pro Bowl festivities? <laughs> yeah, I was cheated out of the championship when I last coached on a bullshit call. Uh, so I was like, I still have that chip on my shoulder. Like I want to just do- dominate. And I have my plays still. I still have my plays. They're somewhere here in this office. Oh, they're right here. Look at that. Well, okay. Play calling. <laughs> Look at that. Six six calls the six plays on each side. And that's all you really need for flag football. If you run these efficiently, it, it'll work every time
3: yeah i'm a little jealous of the football thing but but also like here's the thing for a guy like me football was really about just knocking the shit out of somebody yeah and that was, my, my thing even in basketball like my, my i could shoot i could shoot decent threes um but i was never like agile enough to like drive to the hole yeah so like i, I would either be under the basket just knocking dudes down or like shooting threes
2: <laughs> you're a rugby uh
3: rugby player playing yeah, basketball that's i am <laughs> yeah i mean I, and that's the thing I, I love let me tell you something i love playing defense so on uh I'm football, man, because, I mean, like, you get someone that thinks they're slick and you blow them up or they think they're going to juke you and you just, like, remember that from last time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I ended a career that way, but uh, let's not talk about <laughs> never talk about bad
2: things. <laughs> yeah, and lastly, I <laughs> definitely lost my mojo playing bowling. Man, every the past three weeks, I've had a under uh, either a low 100 or under 100 uh, for the first game, and I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if it's just, like, I'm not in my mojo i don't know what it is but i really got to get out of this funk and, and you know everybody goes through funks it doesn't matter what sport you're at some people uh you know you can't find your shot you can't find your swing it, it's just going back to the basics and look at the, looking at your mechanics and then going from there it's it's pretty much i think it's a loss of confidence
3: for, for you non-bowlers out there 100 means absolutely nothing because you don't care
2: <laughs> how was your week sir good, 100 <laughs> sounds like an, a good thing what's your problem guy <laughs> <laughs> no it's not a spelling test sir how was your week <laughs>
3: Oh, man, look, I, I, busy as usual, man, like just softball, you know, doing doing some things here in the basement, getting ready for the uh, uh, for the Super Bowl in a few weeks. Um, you know, just we we started up last Sunday with our uh, individual practices for our house league. So that means that on Sundays sometimes going to be three practices a day Jeez. for my daughter um and you know just trying to trying to get through trying to get over the hump of it being cold i think we have a tournament coming up uh, next month uh so yeah that and just trying to sell these super bowl squares make a little bit of money for the uh, program uh you know to offset some of the expenses of uh um uh some of the traveling we got to do and uh, tournaments we got to go to so yeah i mean just just hustling man hustling work working my ass off and hustling that's that's it man uh
2: yeah playing a lot of pinball
3: Uh, you know, I you. So we we had this thing over at Stern where there's a banner and says, uh, you know, it's the. old Uncle Sam, you know, I want you to join the army. But for us, it's Gary Stern saying, I want you to play 15 minutes a day because that's literally in the job description for every, everyone that is a Stern employee that they want you to play 15 minutes of pinball a day. And I think a part of that is just to kind of break up the uh, monotony of just being like at a boring work. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you work at a cool place. This is a fun place. And the thing that you do, uh, it brings joy to people, right? It's not you know, uh, one famous line was, it's not a heart-lung machine, okay? Like, you'll be okay. <laughs> so enjoy and have fun with with what you are, the environment. Uh, there was a little launch party two weeks ago. So uh, basically our little tech support team, shout out to Pablo and Talia. We went out there and, uh, you know, had some drinks at Interium and Schaumburg. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't really play uh, pinball because we we see pinball all day, every day. So and, and I can play for free at work. So I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not paying. unless <laughs> like I'm I'm out somewhere with friends.
2: Oh, that's great. No, I definitely. I think that's a great way to approach that to uh, say, hey, go do something for 15 minutes to take your mind off of all the stress that you're dealing with. Yeah. We know you work hard and, and, you know, you need. it's a 15 minute break, which you're supposed to get by law. You know what? Why not pay, play pinball? I mean, that is a great stress reliever.
3: Well, it's not just that, but it's also about like knowing the product that you're actually working on yeah. or, or learning about or whatever it is, because we have such a, you know, such a diverse team um whether it comes to factory which are you know you already know who factory workers are um and then you got your engineering you got your software you got your you know all the different uh uh, departments that work together along with our little engineering team in my group so you know it's uh it's always a Interesting to see something come the li- coming down the line, seeing the idea of going from paper to prototype to you know actually on the production line. So, you know, just uh, just trying to plug along and uh, you know in- enjoy this new year, make make this year uh, as prosperous and if not more than last year, and just keep pushing, man.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, We're going to touch a little bit on the Bulls, but we're also going to talk about these NFL playoffs and the big brand new hire. uh, The replacement from Ted Phillips, Sweaty Teddy, is no longer in the building. Uh, So we're going to talk about the brand new uh, president of the Chicago Bears, Kevin Warren, and uh, maybe talk about a little bit scenarios about what they should do with that number one overall pick we got all that plus serving the pot and what you looking at but first this is the big three with big z
2: thanks Rock. i'm big z and you're not now for today's stories yes sir story number one former NFL defensive lineman Derek Wolf kills a mountain lion that was wreaking havoc in the Colorado neighborhood. Yes. This man <laughs> is a monster. So NFL players are usually re- regarded as tough, but former defensive lineman Derek Wolf showed how fearless he is after he received a call asking if he wanted to stalk a mountain lion that was wreaking havoc in the Colorado neighborhood. Wolf grabbed his bow and arrow and agreed to find it and eventually kill it. A bow and arrow, ladies and gentlemen. This man, Mark Burley. Yeah, <laughs> he probably was up there with Mark Burley. So late Tuesday, night, he said he got the call, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go stalk this uh this mountain line." And went out there with a bow and arrow. I just can't believe it. This is old school Wild Wild West, you know, on top of your horse and uh, getting that uh, that mountain line. I mean, they hiked up to 2,500 feet and uh, down to the other side, back and down, up and down, up and down, and uh, they stalked them and uh, they got their kill, man.
3: You know, usually after a NFL player retires from the NFL, he's uh, out there hunting for cougars, <laughs> not mountain lions. So there's uh, a <laughs> it's a good, good to know that they have some diversity in their post-NFL career. But yeah, I mean the, the fact that you got a mountain lion hanging out is, is pretty wild. You know, in my neck of the woods, I've actually seen uh this is probably about five years ago in the dead of winter and it was about 10 11 o'clock at night a fucking uh coyote just walking down the street oh yeah just chilling out walking down the street because we got train tracks over here right and that's how remember we had all those coyotes that ended up in the city and they're like how is that possible that once you run out of food and it starts getting cold you start following your tracks because the train will you know kill animals i mean it's roadkill right so right. it kills a rabbit a, a squirrel or whatever it is and guess what that's a free meal so yeah. that's how they ended up in my neck of the woods and just seeing that fucker just Walk down the street like you know like it's sesame street and here comes big bird and shit it was, it was pretty wild but uh but yeah i mean it's good to see that this dude's out there uh putting some of his man manliness out on the line and taking care of business
2: yeah i mean you got to put that in your resume like i, I killed a mountain lion
3: <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, what what's what's your special skills uh like nunchuck skills or mountain yeah <laughs>
2: Alright, story number two A woman is charged with attempted murder Of her boyfriend who peed in bed Oh, okay <laughs> A Louisiana woman is accused Of stabbing her boyfriend After he urinated in bed Following a night of drinking uh, Deputies of East Baton Rouge a Sheriff's office said the 25-year-old Brianna Lacoste is charged with one count Attempted second degree murder uh, Yeah, so uh, Essentially her boyfriend went out, got drunk Extremely drunk, and uh he peed on the bed. Was she? Was she dating Vern Troyer? <laughs> Vern Troyer, <laughs> remember wow. that?
3: You, you know that yeah, so it's those mini me. Pilots. Yeah, mini me. from Austin Powers. And uh when they did, they did a like reality show where they would take like these random ass, like you know bootleg celebrities put a ball in the house and this motherfucker would get drunk and just piss in, in, in like corners of the room, right? I think yeah. He pissed in like a plant in the corner once and just like get a pile of laundry. I mean, to be fair, he's closer to the ground, so it's probably just easier to pee somewhere closer to the ground. But yeah, I mean, look, that that is definitely a... Uh, if, if that was a crime, then I would have murdered my two kids a long time ago.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, with kids is different, but if you're an adult... Yeah, then but
3: I mean, look, hey, man, you didn't pay for the bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, go get you some rubber sheets oh man rubber sheets <laughs> alright story number three and this is just comical because Carlos Correa <laughs> could not find a home this, wow, Yeah, that's right this dude yeah. left Minnesota opted out of his contract and uh, he's like oh I'm gonna go get this money his bag he goes over to the Giants for a 13 year 350 million dollar contract but doesn't pass the physical so, yeah,
3: this is this is wild. So, I mean, the, the timeline of this is nuts, right? So, you got on December 13th last year, he became the face of the Giants with his $350 million was a 13-year contract, right? Yep. I mean, he was the best player that was a free agency at the time. Um, he was going to make more than Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Danesby Swanson, our guy, because he was the last one to fall. Um, and, and, you know, he was like, I'm not going back to Minnesota, even though he had that contract. I think we all knew it was going to be a one-year thing. And then, uh, you know, the Giants look at his physicals and on December 20th uh, they delayed his introduction and then we kind of went down the rabbit hole of uh, what the hell's wrong with Carlos Correa
2: yeah I think he had like some ankle surgery that he was uh, uh, recovering from and I guess it wasn't uh, fully healed or he doesn't have full uh, ability to use his, his foot as the way he should so um, he ended up going, uh, talking to the Mets and, yeah, sign- so- and signing 12 years 315 over there
3: so I mean like the funny thing is is that so the Giants doctors came out they said that they have they had a difference of opinion of what's going on with the medicals uh and they were afraid that his leg would degrade over the length of the contract so they says okay they 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 stepped away and then on the 21st the next day he moves over he pivots over to the Mets a late night I mean it was I'm talking about like overnight yeah and then like you said the Mets offer him 12 years for 315 that's one last year and what like uh what 35 million less Mm -hmm. okay um but yeah i mean like you know they're like oh we're good to go and then on uh, new Year's christmas eve the mets say hey hey giants uh why didn't you why
2: didn't you complete the contract yeah so the mets finally started doing some some due diligence and say hey why, why what, what's wrong with the physical and the Giants are like, dude, his ankle's fucked up. <laughs> and and the Mets went through all through the holidays with uh, going back and forth with, with Correa. And uh, they finally said, you know what? We'll, we'll restructure the contract, but it's going to be incentive-based. And, you know, it's going to be a yeah. smaller contract. And you, this will be your, your base salary, but you can earn up to this much on these incentives. And he turned around and walked away. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is that like when it happened, you know, the Mets
3: had been spending money left and right. They got Verlander, they got they they were just they were just spending what like like crazy. Yeah, and there was actually con- some concerns from other uh, owners that hey, what 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 is this about? Well, you don't have a cap. You can you know what I mean? Like you got to pay a, what you don't you have to pay a but I mean you don't have a cap. They can pay as much as they want to anyone. So right. I mean the the thing with the Mets is that like they're going through and and their mindset is like. Korea does not want to go through two failed physicals, right? right? So that means that we got him by the balls right here. Yep. And you know, once they once they uh uh stuck to their original offer and they went back and forth, I mean, it, it just sat there. And reminder, this was Christmas Eve. It wasn't until January 10th that he ended up going back to the Twins for a 6-year deal with 200 million.
2: <laughs> and that's such like uh, I don't know what to call that, but it's just like 200 million dollars for for six years. Don't you look stupid? I, you, you backed with the team that you you opted out of, and you know uh, I think the GM said he kept in contact with him the entire time. So I I mean the Twins you know, they get a good player, but uh, he 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 bet on himself to get this payday and didn't get the payday.
3: He did. He did. I mean, like he, he. Here's the thing, though. Like he, he did agree in principle to a contract with the Giants—a very large contract. The physicals didn't work out, right? So I mean, like they're they're worried about deterioration. Okay, fine. I mean, when you think about when you look at most of these contracts, they're usually like loaded on the back end anyway. So you're gonna get maybe you'll get like you know twenty million this year, twenty three next year, and so on and so forth. So it doesn't. It's not until the end of the contract where he's making like over thirty million a year. Yeah. And uh, you know when you look at that, and then he goes back and forth. You know, Scott Boris under the you know Mm -hmm. doing his thing under the table. That's his job, right? You're if you don't have a contract signed where it's signed deal delivered you're still a free agent correct right so i mean he had every right to go talk to the mets but obviously the mets had the same concerns and they tried to do whatever they 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 could too but the problem is is that because he pivoted so quickly from the giants to the mets he kind of shot himself in the foot and he cut off all chances he had with the Giants. So even if they were going to give him a bigger contract, he wasn't going to get it now. Right. So that's yeah. why he ends up back in uh back in Minnesota. Look, he got 200 million for six years uh with vesting options that pay 25 million for a seventh year, yeah. 20 million for an eighth and 15 million for a ninth and, uh, that and comes 10 million th- for a 10th. Right. So that comes up to no trade clause. Yep. Yeah. And so, so this one's actually different. He's got a full no trade clause and he has uh salaries of 36 million over the first three f- followed by 31.5, 30.5 and 30 million. So it does dig digress after the first three. So he's actually they're paying for his services when he's younger and, and reverse of what you see in a lot of the other contracts.
2: Yeah. I, I just, I wish he was out of the, uh, uh, the AL central. I just did not want him here anymore. Uh, he's he's a White Sox killer. He, he's he's a he's a beast when he's healthy. Uh, so we'll be seeing him for six more years, and it sucks. And, and the, everyone's upset about the the Mets spending money. Hey, if your owner is out there and, and tries to win, and he's spending money, hey, I'm all for it. Usually the Mets do make some dumbass meal uh, deals, and they end up paying you know Bobby Bonilla for the next 25 years. Uh, but. They do make these dumb moves, and this is one of the moves where they say, "You know what? This isn't this is this orange isn't worth a squeeze." Here's
3: the the afterburner of, of or the uh, aftermath of what happened with Correa. So because he ended up signing back there, I think that that's why the Twins ended up trading Uh, Arias, uh young guy, twenty five years old, right? He literally won the bat- batting title last year, and yeah. then he gets traded to the Marlins
2: for some young guys. I mean, they're pretty good young guys that they traded for, but I don't I think he's like a
3: twenty six year old pitcher.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what you need in the AL's pitching. So,
3: yeah, pa- Pablo Lopez and a pair of prospects, right-hander. So, look, hey, uh, good good luck to uh, Carlos. I guess I mean, like I said, I was clamoring for him to be here. I'm glad we got Swanson. I'm glad that the guys that we got are veteran players, so yep. that they can help boost some of these young guys that are going to be coming up in the next couple of years. Uh, you know, it, it, it. But the whole, the entire thing about Correa is. Pure comedy, like how he bounced around and how he's thumping his chest after, uh, after what two years ago when they were in the they were trying to get uh, that next World Series for the Astros, and then his replacement is the MVP of the uh, of the World Series the next season. That that his whole thing right there, has, he's got to be super salty about that.
2: Yes, uh, that's the dumbass of the week is Carlos Correa. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm Big Z. And that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
3: Hey guys, it's Steven. And this is Sean, and you are listening to True Chicago Sports Fans. Don't forget to listen to Nowhere on the Weekend, new episodes on Monday. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so we're going to go do a couple of shots. So let's
0: kick it back over to Big Z and E Rock. Nowhere on the Weekend.
3: Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans podcast with E Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. This is. The bottom line.
0: And that's the bottom line. <laughs> I can't hear
3: the music at all. I don't hear the music at all.
2: You don't. You don't hear the music. Mm. It was there.
3: I'm sure it was, but like I'm, I'm not. You're looking at me waiting, and I'm like, I don't hear shit. So <laughs> you're like, I don't see it. <laughs> no, no little hero. Little
2: well, hero. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what's the topic of this week on the bottom line, sir?
3: Yeah. So, in this segment, we uh, talk about some big, the biggest sports topic going on in Chicago sports right now. And it's going to be the Chicago Bulls. I mean, uh, this is one of the weirdest teams uh, that I've seen in a long time. The veterans they brought in, you got Andre Jumman. You got, uh, wh- what's his face? The one that, uh, that Derek Rose jumped, uh, dunked over.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jones Jr.
3: No, 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 no.
2: Uh, shit, the white guy. With, uh, Caruso? oh no no oh uh, you're talking about the um Dragic.
3: yeah goran Dragic. so i mean they brought in some players but you know it, it the whole thing and i think we've known this for a while it hinges on the health of lonzo ball correct and the problem is is that he puts out a video what two weeks ago now of him running on a treadmill and my man is limping on that treadmill this is this was supposed to be like a three six week injury it's been over a year
2: two years it's two years now. Yeah,
3: that's true. Uh, I thought it was last. I thought it was. Oh, last yeah, you're,
2: you're right. It was. It, yeah. it happened around last January. So it's, it's it's felt long. It really has. And then he posted the other video of him taking a baby step and, and dunking. I'm like, dude, you're. Well, how how tall is he? Six seven. Uh, I don't know. He's he's a uh, tall. Sure. Yeah, he's he a not, tall, he's okay. a tall dude. Uh, let's see, his height yeah. six six. He's six six. So yeah, I mean, you can take a baby step and dunk, and everybody's like, oh my god, he's back. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah. And then he shows up to Paris in fucking Crocs, bro. What the <laughs> fuck is that, bro? He got yeah. So I mean,
3: it, it, what it was it, uh, my favorite was the meme of the team photo with him front and center, and it was like the kid that showed up for the uh, the final but didn't participate oh. in the uh, actual team project.
2: Yeah, he, he comes for the field trip but not for the fucking test. Right. Right. <laughs>
3: look. I, look it, I, My my whole thing with Lonzo Ball in the beginning was that, like, I just didn't really have faith in him. I thought a lot of his popularity, a lot of his, his, you know, notoriety was just driven by the fact that his father would not shut the fuck up. Oh yeah. But and, and here's the thing too: Lonzo Ball has only been in the league for what? this five years it's crazy he feels it feels like he's been around since like 1997 right i feel like he used to post up against rodman that's how long this guy's been around just because we've been hearing his name for so long in the media in, in in sports circles and all this stuff but the thing is is that the biggest concern is you're talking about a guy that's five years into his career, and this is the problem he's having for so long. This is the same thing that we saw with Derrick Rose. He could never quite get over an injury. Now, this yeah. is not as extreme of an injury, but he just can't seem to get back on the court.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think uh, Derrick Jones Jr. also had a similar thing, and he just got it drained, and he's fine. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... Lonzo Ball is pretty much the ball general and and because he's not in the lineup everybody's switching over to a spot that they're either not comfortable with or not their secondary uh, uh, position so it's really really taking a toll on the team because the offense isn't running the way it should right now you have a lot of isolation ball between uh, Levine and 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 DeRozan you have a lot of isolation isolation ball and here's a good example of that when they played the, the the golden state uh warriors you had vooch vooch man come up with 43 points 13 rebounds Th- that's no slouch man this yep. man can play ball and the thing is they don't run the offense through him like the uh y- yeser bulls w- with derrick rose when they would run the offense to Joakim noah you know yep. point guard brings it up gives it joaquin Jakem. joaquin's a great passer he'll find you cutting. Rubichovic would do the same thing, and then he'll roll to the basket, and he'll shoot his eight-footer or his little baby hook. He's very consistent at that. The Bulls have been just horrible of running their offense, and when they do, it's usually at the beginning of the game just to give him a couple touches, and what it's doing is it gets him into the rhythm, and they never go back to him in the second half. He'll have 15, 16 points in the first half of just about every game, and then he'll have two or three points in the second half. That's not the way you, you use an all-star. They're not using him correctly. So I don't know if it's the isolation ball that because you have two alpha males between Levine and DeRozan or Billy Donovan doesn't have control of the team. What is it? Ding, ding.
3: I, I think Billy Donovan was a much better coach of younger players who didn't have the ego yet. Yeah. You look at what he was able to do in Florida when you had the Joakim Noah uh, Joakim Noah. Um, uh, shit. There was a bunch of people on that team. I can't even uh, what What's the the one dude's name? Um, he was, he Horford. was, he was Horford. Yeah, Al Horford. That's what I'm talking. Because he's like Brazilian or some shit. Like and that. Horford still playing, uh, and he's still playing. You know what yeah. I mean? Joe Kim's out there doing his points, uh, his points <laughs> bet commercials and yeah. then <laughs> blocking the ball and all that shit. So he, I'm um, you know, enjoying his his time in uh, France. Um. But yeah look this is this is just a frustrating team and the problem is is that you're 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 kind of just sitting there churning butter and not actually getting out right so this is the, and and for those who understand that reference it's essentially the uh the story from uh christopher walken you drop a mouse and a a bucket of milk and uh you drop two mice and a bucket of milk right and one of the mice drowns and the other one keeps fighting keeps fighting and eventually that milk turns to butter and he climbs his ass out right right so the problem is is that you're just churning butter but there's not enough in there to climb out right so you can keep fighting and fighting you're just spinning your wheels and i and i will tell you if you listen to this show you will know that one of the biggest things that i said about this team is that it will depend on how Patrick Williams develops in this league, because if he, as a number four overall pick, can turn into a superstar, then we would be talking about a completely different team. But you got a guy that's only been in the league for a couple of seasons now, and he's only, what, 21 years old, and he, he can pop the three. That's fine. But I mean, for as big as he is, as, as much cashier that they, oh, he's going to be the paw. He's not the claw. He's the paw. Six seven two fifteen. And he ain't going to get up. And this is what I'm going to tell you right now. Patrick Williams is the type of cat that he's going to be here for a couple of years. They're going to give up on. They're going to trade him away. He's going to become a superstar with another team. It's the same thing that's happening with Larry Marketing right now.
2: Oh, yeah. That, that's a perfect example. Larry Marketing, who wasn't developed here, wasn't put in the right situations for him to flourish. Same thing with, with Tyson Chandler. They didn't use him correctly, and he goes over and wins the championship in Dallas and he becomes a journeyman as, as a sixth man.
3: took him a long time it it took uh a a long time to get there but i mean that that's the thing is that you think about every other sport the peak of the player is between ages like 26 and 29 right that's your huge peak and then if and then if you figure it out right there you you go from it's like greg maddox right you understand what you know and what you don't know and you understand what your capabilities are and that's what you see in a player like demar derozan he knows what he can do you know you never see him take threes right he's always got that little post up top of the key when he's you know or or driving to the basket right that's his his little what 20 footer like he loves that little shot right there and um and he's good at it and he he sinks it quite a bit the problem is is that this team does not feel like a team it feels like a bunch of individuals
2: Agreed. Agreed. It, it, what you're looking at is you have DeRozan who's going to get his. He's going to get his 25 points. And then Zach Levine who should be dri- – he's starting to drive to the basket. That's what drove me wild last year and beginning you know, of this season where he wasn't driving and never saying, oh, maybe it's his knee. mate. You know what? At, at some point, you you if you're out there, you're out there to play. And uh, you, you've got to give it your all. And right now with Zach Levine is doing his driving to the basket and getting fouled. Now he's averaging you know, 25, 27 points a game. He had thirty against the Pistons over there in Paris. This is the Zach we need. We need the Zach that drives. We don't need another spot-up shooter. He takes a lot of bad threes. Not in, you know, they'll be in transition, and he just pops in like, dude, go to the basket. You had one-on-one. You don't need that, that, uh, that, that
3: he, splash he's he's a catch and shoot uh three-point shooter he I mean, he's every he's probably one of the best in the league when he does that um but i mean the the thing is is that i, I do think that some of it has to do with that knee the apprehension after they're coming back from the acl and then going through everything that he did like we, we saw something similar with jason hayward we got popped on face he was never quite the same he was yeah. able to over uh, uh uh, uh, he was never really over to, uh, able to overcome that but it looks like zach has been just kind of slowly developing and i think what happened is because of the knee how can i score and how can i get put points on the board without having to drive to the hole and you do that by shooting threes he has gotten a lot better at shooting threes that that's a fact yes. but he can't he, he he is not a uh he, he needs to have that shot set up for him and just like you said driving the driving the ball through Vooch and getting to that out lane and then you can find your open shooter in the corner as long as you're sitting there playing around the circle you know what I mean like or around the world you pass 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 shoot that that works you know it what I mean but and just wait for Zach to pop Zach passes it off to, to Vooch Vooch kicks it out to like Kobe White or DeMar, and they go around the circle next you know Zach is in the corner again ready to take that shot he's good you know but, but he can't he's not a spot up shooter he's got to Catch it in stride and shoot, and that's where he has the most success when he's shooting threes.
2: Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. Now the thing is that he doesn't do that. He he wants the ball, and you, if Demar has the ball, he just st- stands there and pouts, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'm not part of the offense now." It's like, "No, dude, cut!" You know, Demar will find you if, yeah. if he does If he's getting double teamed, he's going to find you. Now the the biggest thing for the Bulls is this the the. the surrounding cast right like you like you mentioned earlier patrick williams that development needs to start happening now he'll he'll have he's just soft he's soft he can shoot but the problem is is
3: that he don't have that Especially for a young guy, you want him to have some dog. And I don't, I almost feel like having DeMar and having Zach on this team is a hindrance to him because he does not, he's not forced to do the things that he should be doing right now. This right now should be the key point in his development as a 21, 22 year old right now, where he should be able to take over a game and he just can't right now. And again, I, I don't, I, I think that's probably because Zach Levine and, and, uh, uh Vucci Mane, you know, being in there. I mean, you don't, he, he doesn't get as much play as he would on another team. Because for having a number four overall pick, you don't normally have other star players around you at that point. You're developing. Look at a a, a a team like, you know, Oklahoma City or something like that, where everyone's coming up at the same time. And then you got your your standouts. Same thing with Boston. A lot of those guys are all the same age and they all came up together. And whoever emerged, you know, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum emerged as the best player of those three with Marcus Smart. But he's not, you know, uh, P. Will is not competing with someone. The, I mean, like if you look at at uh, uh, Kobe White and um, Io, yeah, yeah, that's your group. But they're not all starting together. And I almost feel like the, the the development of those players would be better if they didn't have other players in their
2: way. If that makes sense, it does make sense. So that and it comes to my next point. The, the The trade deadline is coming up. So what do the Bulls do? Do they blow it up? Do they blow it up and say, you know what, we Zach, we, we we signed Zach Link for two fifteen, and so he's gonna be here because it's gonna be hard to get rid of that contract. Vucevic is his contract is, is coming up at the end of the year. Are you gonna trade him, try to get something for him? Because some teams are gonna want an offensive uh, uh, a center. They're, they're gonna need that. And Isn't then that you know, why the Bulls got him in the first exactly. place? Exactly. And, and they don't use him well. And then you have Demar right. He's got a two two years left. Um, any team would be happy to take him for you know their playoff push. And what can you get back for these guys? And obviously, the Bulls put, you know, there was like nothing they can do. They were forced to sign Zach and give him that extension and and and, and keep him. Because what are you going to do? You're going to lose him for nothing? It, you couldn't do that. So now you have three all-stars that cannot play together. And it's hindering the rest of the young guys. Kobe White has turned around the last month. Ayo um, also in the last month has turned it around after he got benched. Um, you know, he had that last second putback, and, and, and since then, he's got some confidence. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's really depending on what these young guys uh, can come to the table and produce on a nightly basis. The thing is that they're very inconsistent. Um, you have Gorgon Dragic out there for 14 minutes. Yeah, that's way too long for that old man. Uh, he I mean, he's a great passer, and he, you'll see him, you know, pass to Derek Jones Jr., give him Ali Oops, or to, uh, not Tony totally uh, uh who am I thinking of? Uh, yeah, it is Derek Jones. I thought we yeah. had another guy. Uh, well, we also have somebody that's hurt, right? You got the uh, the veteran hurt that you just talked about. Russo has been hurt. Um, who else? Oh, no, the, the big man that that's that we have, Andre Drummond. Yeah, yeah Drummond. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's not yeah, even yeah. on this. He didn't, I don't he, really, he didn't. even play against the Pistons. Yeah, that's another one that you know the the second unit is a, like a more efficient team because they spread the ball around they moved around and they, they hustle so it's really detrimental to the team to have these big three guys who are ball hogs and it's just it's really hurting the team in the development for so I don't know what to do as far as who to trade uh, there's rumors about Kobe White being traded to New York for uh, uh, who is that uh, why am I drawing a blank again oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. We were just talking, <laughs> we were just talking off air about that, and I just literally had that right. Um, yeah, so just talking for a second round pick and another player, I think he's a he's a forward because we Reddish? have huh? Cam Reddish. Yes, just okay. because we have such a we're backlog a of guards.
3: Yeah, it, well, and, and the the thing that sucks too is that yes, you have a back uh, a backlog of guards, and you got Kobe White who. I mean, Kobe White remind me a lot of Joe Kim, where I was just like, I don't know if I want this guy on my team. When he first came, when he first got drafted, I was like, this guy looks goofy. I and mean, you heard him uh, on the mic, and he sounded goofy. <laughs> so, but I mean, the, he, here's the here's the big thing that I think a lot of people aren't realizing is that right now we're coming to a point where because of the injury to Lonzo Ball, your your starting lineup should have been Lonzo Ball. Uh, uh, Zach Levine, Nico, DeMar, and who else? Pat Will, right? That, yeah, that should be yeah. your starting five. Here's the problem. We're coming to the point where we're never going to be able to see this as Bulls fans come to fruition because we're getting to the point where they can't even – they. they They get to 500 and they lose a couple of games. They cannot get over 500. So they're sitting there kind of teetering back and forth. Oh, are we okay? Are we good? This and that. And then they play teams like Boston and they play, they they can't seem to, to beat the Knicks, but they play Boston. They play all these good teams. They play Golden State. They're beating good teams, but then they come back down the competition. And the problem is, is that Chicago Bulls have always had this thing where they either play up or play down to the competition. There is, I feel like there's no baseline. Um, Caruso keeps getting hurt right I love Caruso but he cannot stay healthy I mean it is one thing or the other I got an ankle I got someone you know grab my foot blah 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 so that I mean it's just it's a frustrating team right now because you look at the talent that's on this squad and and I got a question at this point because there's a lot of people that have a, a problem with Billy Donovan's offense do you think it really has to do with the coaching
2: I really do think it's Coach a. like you, you alluded to earlier. He did well with young players in, in OKC, but he, he couldn't he couldn't control Chris Paul. Chris Paul, you know, is, is a diva, and he wants to run things how he wants because he's been in the league for that long. And he's like, Donovan, you've been here for a cup of coffee only. This is how right. it should be done. And, you know, granted, he's an older statement. He can, he can earn that. But what you have with the Bulls is you have Zavine, uh, Levine, ball hog, The Rosen is a ball hog, but I mean, he's making his shots. uh, Balls hurt most of the year. Vucevic is not used correctly. Ayo uh, is playing uh, the point guard when he should be playing shooting guard. Um, You got Drummond, who's hurt. Patrick Williams, who hasn't really developed. Caruso's the old man who can't play 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Dragic, another old man down there. Kobe White, who's up. Caruso's only 28. Yeah, I know, but he, Alex
3: Caruso is 28. Gordon Dragic Drag is 36.
2: Yeah, but Caruso Caruso's body's like mine and yours. Every time we wake up, something oh cracks. <laughs> daily Terry's no, not getting any minutes. Javante Green, I think he's a great guy, uh, and Derek Jones two. Those are two energy guys. You always need energy guys to come in. Malcolm Hill. I don't even know if he's. I haven't seen him on the court. I know he played one minute the other day, but and they got Marco yeah, Samanovich.
3: They let him and Tony Bradley play in the uh, in the France game once they were beating the shit out of uh, Detroit.
2: Yeah. So, right, you, there's no real direction here because it's it's stagnant. We don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of just like the regular Bulls of, of old where we're just stuck in the middle. We're stuck in the middle, and nothing's going to change because of the contract structure of a lot of these players. And I don't think they trade anybody. I think they, st- they sit still, and they let this ride out. And uh, we'll see in the summer if they can trade Demar for somebody else. It's a it's a classic uh, uh jerry
3: reinsdorf team right i mean like you sit there Ouch. and be like we, Ouch. We, uh, it's what it is man <laughs> it, it you stay, is. sometimes you stay loyal too long to the guys that you should get rid of and and it's a shame to ha- even say that because you're talking about a team that was just constructed just at the beginning of last season right these guys just came over you just this is this is demar Derozan's only second season and but here's my biggest fear and 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 this is the shame of the whole thing right is that they peaked last season i was i was watching uh, our guy will brown and his sibling rivalry sports yep. uh he was he had a, a a live broadcast shout out to them um a, a couple of days ago and and i'm over here in the chat just you know like hey the problem is that they peaked they peaked last year right demar Derozan had one of the best seasons of his career and and the, the other even when we watched that and, and even looked back at that the entire team had michael jordan syndrome that every time demar Derozan rosen got the ball everyone would stop yep what's it do now you're you're a player not a not a, a spectator you got to get in the game you got to be moving you got to it, it's just it is it is frustrating man i'm not even gonna lie like i couldn't even, I, I i couldn't watch that that uh that France game because it was in the middle of a day, um, and then they've. I think they had always have like a Martin Luther King Day uh, game where sometimes they play like Memphis
2: and shit like that. Yeah, I,
3: I, it's been at least two weeks since I watched the full Bulls game.
2: Yeah, I wa- I uh, uh, shout out to Jack Answer because I was able to record it on his uh, on his account and then watch it when I got home, uh, and I sped through a lot of it because I, I I already knew the outcome. But you saw the beginning of that game where the ball was moving, the guys were cutting. Vooch is touching the ball. And the indication right there is, is it's go, Golden State. Come on. If you see this man can put up 43 points, okay, we don't need 43 every night, but he can get you 25 instead of the 15 and 15. He's been averaging the double-double uh, for the past month. Use Vooch. Use right. him as, as best as you can. Let the man do his thing. You, and I think DeMar and, 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 uh, uh, and Levine are, I need mine. I need mine. I need mine. And I don't think that's the way to run that team.
3: It's it's not, but I mean, what are you supposed to do when you got two guys that are supposed to have the respect in the league to to be stars, right? That's the whole that's the whole problem is that they are there, and, and I think DeMar DeRozan is a lot more humble than Zach levine right? Because I think yeah. DeMar DeRozan, yeah. look, the 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 Raptors had to sacrifice him in order to get their their title, right? And that kind of threw off the trajectory of his career because then he ends up in San Antonio for what really is is the prime of his career that, you know, that late, late, uh, uh, late 20s, very early 30s part of your career. That should be your peak. And I mean, he could have helped another team win. And now, you know what the funny thing is, is that I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, how much does he regret coming here versus signing with with the Lakers Lakers, right now? because i mean even now to be fair when you look at the lakers roster from last year i think uh 7 or 8 players on that team are not even in the league right now so that's a bit that's the difference there but i mean overall i mean you think that he would much rather be with the lakers right now than on this team right here where you're just treading water because at least with uh, when you're on a team with lebron you know that there's always a chance that you could end up in the finals Uh
2: i don't think he regrets it. I i think that i mean obviously he want would want to play in his hometown but you're looking at uh, DeMar DeRozan, who's coming to the fabric of Chicago and understands hard work, and, and people will love anybody. The city of Chicago will love anybody who's a hard worker. One of my favorite players was Todd Gibson because he was, you know, a lunch pail heart in a hard hat kind of dude. DeMar has that mentality. He's going to be there. He's going to do everything he can for the team. If he needs to pass, if he needs to shoot, whatever it is. He is a a he is a, 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 literally a, a, a staple for the Bulls. He is the face of the Bulls. The fact that you got Levine, who wants to be the face as well. He wants to be the number one guy. Levine, you're not the number one guy. Anywhere else, yeah. you're number two, number three guy. So this is the problem, which is that power struggle, and you have a coach who's good with young players and not with superstars.
3: Yeah, and I, I, I really honestly, I do not know what direction the Bulls go from here. Um, how they are how are they going to be able to overcome some of the deficiencies that they have? Are they going to be able to overcome that? Is this a, is this a lost cause, right? Is, yeah. I, I just really don't know what to think about this team.
2: Yeah. And it, like you said, it's a Reinsor team where you're like, you're stuck in the middle. Like, well, the guys are still young. They can turn it around maybe, but we don't know that yet. And then do we have the right people in place to uh, provide them the opportunity to grow, to be those superstars that they were, quote, unquote, you know it's supposed to be Patrick Williams you know Lou Bob and Eloy same thing these guys yeah. were picked and high prospects and high praise before they even signed and look where we're at now we're, we're stuck in treading water uh, or, tr- or churning uh, butter uh, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen you, you if you trade them early then you have a Larry marketing and so you're you're, you're stuck between a hard place uh, was a hard place and a rock a rock and a hard place so yeah, you, yeah so it's I'm glad I'm not in a position to do this because this is something that can follow you in your career that you you messed up a, a pretty good team with a lot of talent.
3: You know, the funny thing is is that I, I think for at least the first piece, first part of the season was that we gave the front office credit, right. We gave yep. them a pass because it wasn't Gar packs, right? right? This is the new this is the Acme. Yep. And it's tough for them to come in, uh, you know, in, in a market like Chicago, where you got to sit there and, and do whatever you can to appease the fans. One thing that was really uh, interesting, uh, you know, I'm listening to the radio the other day. I got a hoodie, a cap and hoodie on in the morning. I yep. think Cap was on break. And, uh, you know, they were talking about the shadow that Michael Jordan casts in the, the Chicago landscape, right? Who was, can you name any other player that has the cachet that that Michael Jordan and, uh, has in this team, in this city, aside from Walter Payton? And at one point, Sammy Sosa. Uh,
2: So let's go to the rundown teams, right? You had Sammy Sosa for the Cubs, literally the face of the Cubs for a long time. You got Michael Jordan, obviously. Uh, You got Walter Payton that, you know, they're still talking about Walter, right? The Bulls, I think that the, the person that came close was Derrick Rose, being a hometown kid. Uh, when Derrick Rose was in uh, his rookie uh, year, the MVP season, everyone was wearing his, ju- his shoes. everybody's wearing his, his jersey. The hype was high, but that shadow—it's it, cold in that shadow. I'm telling you right now.
3: And, I, and the thing with Jordan is that it's not—it's not just a shadow that's cast over the Chicago Bulls. It's not just a, a shadow that's cast over the city of Chicago. It's a shadow that's cast over NBA, the entire NBA and all of sports, right? Because when Jordan came into the league and when Jordan really hit his stride, we really started having a lot of international attention being paid uh to the team, to the NBA, because that's what David Stern did, right? It, right. It fell right into his lap and the perfect timing. Um, and and you think about like even the Blackhawks still have two players on their team that were that were there for three championships, and we rarely talk about them, yeah. right? The White Sox are are have all the young guys that they're trying to you know bring up, but I mean like every every one of these like stars or like the guys that you remember from the white sox i promise you you have to ask an average major league baseball fan to dig really deep to like hey do you remember paul Konerko? they're like Ooh. and i'm not even saying that to d- dismiss Konerko. i'm just saying overall the because it's a it's a it doesn't get a, as much attention as like the Cubs and the Yankees and the Mets and even the Giants when they won all those championships. You don't have that cachet, right? They're they're for folklore. They're legend in, for the White Sox, but not they're not a legend in Major
2: League Baseball. They're right. You're, you're regional, right? It's regional. Right. So and that's that's what I'm saying is
3: that overall you don't have that figure uh, on any team in this city at all. So you're gonna sit there and you're gonna be digging out from underneath the shadow of Jordan forever i mean the fact that we're still talking and clamoring about walter peaton right that, that's come on I, yeah. I mean i love i love sweetness but you think that this was like 37 years ago man that he was and and he was drafted in the 70s he was drafted the, in the 70s years was the end of his career
2: correct correct and there you go and that's exactly what i was going to say it was the end of his career so he wasn't even that great at, at that point because he was hurt a lot because he took a pounding in his first seven years of playing, um, so yeah, there's really nobody on there. So like like you said with the White Sox, if you you would say, okay, name name a famous player on the White Sox, Frank Thomas is probably the closest we're going to get to that because he's a yeah. Hall of Famer. Uh, he's he's on the national broadcast now uh, for the Cubs. You would say you're going to say Sammy Sosa. You're going to say Javi Baez. Uh, yes, you're going to say. And and,
3: and and that's the crazy thing too is that the way we it, it maybe it's just too close in recency, but the the entire fanfare around that 2016 team, mm-hmm. right? We are still celebrating 85 Bears, yeah. but Cubs fans will tell you, oh, that was that was 2016. Why are you still talking about that? Because we're
2: talking about a team from 37 years ago. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we know this is a Bear city. Let's let's, let's be honest. Right. Everybody's right. a Bear fan. So I mean,
3: just in general, I mean, the Cubs didn't win in 108 years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was such a momentous thing. And, uh, you know, people don't even You just like, oh, yeah, that was old news. No one here. No Cubs fans don't care about that anymore. They what's next? What's next? What's next? And that's because of one in society that happened. Right. You, the, the Bears were the biggest story in the world at that time yeah. because they had that dominating offense, because you had Walter Payton, because you had Ditka and, and Buddy Ryan going against each other and because you had uh, the punky QB with his headband saying, fuck you, Pete Roselle. Right. Yeah. That's really what yep. it comes down to.
2: Yeah, and, and, and that's it. Was a different era. I mean, obviously, everything was nationally televised, so everybody could see. Uh, where now we have social media, and we want that instant gratification. Like you said, we don't talk about the Blackhawks. They won three championships with the two guys that are still on the team and looking. Not that long ago. Not that long ago, 2015. Yeah, and and these and these guys are getting traded, and Kane is still in top form. He just doesn't yeah. have the surrounding pieces around him. And Taves is still probably dealing with some of the uh, uh, aftermath of the, the condition that he still has. So these guys are going to get traded. Um, they should, they're should. they definitely going to have a statue outside the UC. But like you said, Walter Payne, Michael Jordan, that's what Chicago is known for. Absolutely.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all the number ones with the Chicago Bears.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Lex Cruz from Jungle AE Recording Studios and Illinois Media School. And you are now listening to True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast.
3: Welcome back to the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Look, uh, we have seen a lot of interesting things happen in the NFL in the past couple of weeks. But I think we deserve to hear about the brand new president, of the Chicago Bears of the <laughs> Chicago
2: Bears uh, former um, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren uh, this is a huge move for the Bears you're, you're getting somebody who's established not only in the NFL but in the college level who's been successful at both um, everybody that uh, has spoken about him has said that he is a no nonsense type of dude someone who's very direct has an open door policy but if you have uh, if you have a problem that you're going to come with to him with uh make sure you have a solution as well um you're looking at a guy who was up in minnesota when they were building their their stadium you had somebody who was running the big 10 and got uh teams from the west coast to buy into the big 10 to be part of the big 10 so this is a guy who's been successful every step of the way that he's uh in his career so you're looking at a good dude to be at the helm at the right time as the bears are trying to finalize the purchase of Arlington Heights and moving forward to building a stadium out there and a complex.
3: Yeah. I mean, when he, he had his inter, introductory press conference. And one of the first things he said is that his, one of his main focuses is going to be uh, not only uh, securing the, the, uh, the purchase of uh, Arlington Heights uh, was track raceway, whatever you want to say, yeah. um But also, you know, building a stadium. And and as the president, I mean, he's going to, of course, be involved with the uh, uh, with the football operations side. And you were talking about a guy, again, coming from the Big Ten Network or or the Big Ten, I'm sorry, uh, being the commissioner of the Big Ten, moving up through the ranks. I mean, this is a guy who every single person who's come in contact with Kevin Warren has always talked about what a great and generous and respectful and professional guy this is, whether it's in a, in a more informal setting, like having dinner, waiters have come on and talk about how great him and his family is. He is a religious guy. So, you know, he looks to, you know, he, he, and and again, you don't have to be religious to understand that, you know, people that are, are, are religious tend to have uh, a very, Routined way that they do things right Correct. so i mean Correct. he has a lot of integrity um you know mccaskey came out and says kevin is a man of integrity integrity respect and excellence all of which are critical core values of the chicago bears and we welcome his perspective and diverse thought to lead this storied organization one thing i wanted before we go a little bit deeper there was a lot of talk about the chicago bears and their refusal quote-unquote refusal to draft a black quarterback to sign a black quarterback chicago bears now have a black quarterback a black general manager and a black president okay mm-hmm. i don't i don't think people understand how significant that is when you're talking about the relationships that you're developing from top to bottom okay People of the same culture relate to to each other a lot differently than people of different cultures, right? Correct. You talk to a a person who's Pakistani, a person who's Mexican, they might have similarities. They're like, overall, we don't have that much in common, right? Having a whole culture change, having a guy that comes into the organization as a president, knowing that he knows how to get things done as a professional, as a leader. This is a huge step in the in the right direction for the Chicago Bears.
2: It is a huge step. You're looking at a guy who, like I said, he's established and he's gonna go there and show these uh, the Chicago Bears how things are done. This man has built the the Big Ten. He built it and, and and put it into promise. He was in Minnesota and he was there and look at the beautiful stadium they got they have there. Yep so right now it's just about time we don't know when they're going to find any clothes on the deal and then how long it's going to take to erect this stadium and everything around it we don't know that timetable we don't know i'm, I'm pretty sure that we're not going to have the same coach uh will we have the same quarterback possibly possibly yeah. you know that hopefully that is the case that we do have that that you know justin fields at, at the helm but we're looking at a lot of changes coming to the Chicago Bears. We're no longer going to be the mom and pop shop. Now we're yep. going to be out there with the Jerry Jones and you know the Atlanta, the 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 uh, uh, Louisiana <laughs> like, uh, the Saints and stuff like Saints. the Mercedes, yeah the Mercedes Dome and all that Steelers. stuff. Yeah, the, the, Steelers. Steelers. the Steelers. Yeah, you look at you look at these uh, these top these tier organizations teams. who yep. have done right by building these beautiful stadiums and complexes and changing the culture and saying we're going to be a winning football team from this point going forward. We're going to do our best to do that going forward and it's not it's not just a winning quote-unquote a winning football team it's about uh, culture a winning
3: organization right so you look at the, the pittsburgh steelers have had three coaches in what 30 years no no shit like 60 sure. years right i mean there is a reason why and and people don't understand that consistency makes a big difference and this is i've always talked about why why jay color had such a hard time here because number one he wasn't a rah-rah guy he didn't he was you know he wasn't like oh yeah you can do it like you know and and when he did yell like tom brady yells at everybody you know he was an asshole so i mean like he never got the credit but he was also he, they just switched things up on him so much that there was no consistency whatsoever so i don't care let's say you're you know you're you're a teacher right let's say yeah. you're there for two weeks and then they bring in a sub because you get sick right but then you know you come back for a week and then you leave again and then they bring some other guy and then it says okay now this guy's gonna gonna coach for the rest of the year and yep. he gets sick or he quit that's all you that's all you did to jay color so now what you're seeing is you're seeing an organization recognize the fact that you have to find some type of stability in your organization from top and then keep going all the way uh all the way down now you got the number one guy for the job this is a guy that has 21 years of experience. He was an executive with the Rams, the Lions, and the Vikings, and like you said, he was the commissioner of the Big Ten for two, uh, three years now. He managed to get, uh, I think, us, I think USC and one other california team are joining yep. the big 10. They got yep. nebraska, they got rutgers, they got all these like who the hell thought that that usc would be in the big 10? Like it's insane. So, he's done such a good job over the last couple of years of of just kind of making the big 10 such a big organization that's going to compete with like your your ACC, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. big thing right yep. there. So, I mean look, this is a he, he's a really respect respectable guy. He seems like he has his head on the right way, you know, and, and he's a guy fifty nine years old, so he'll I, I suspect he'll be around for at least fifteen, twenty years.
2: Yeah, you're looking at someone who's gonna be with the organization for a long time. He's already uh, familiar with the Chicago area because the big 10 headquarters is just outside rosemont so you're looking at a guy who understands the culture of chicago understands what the who the bears are and you know what he's gonna i think he starts in april late april it's when he's gonna yep. actually take the hell uh the reins uh so you're looking at you know you got mccaskey as the the chairman right and then you got the new president ceo and now you have a a new gm like you said new coach You have a new culture that's going to be turned around here it's it's really a new era and this is like you said this is unprecedented to have uh, at three prominent positions to have three african americans be the face of the chicago bears
3: so i mean we really look at this is one thing that i thought was really cool in 2013 he was named a member of the nfl committee on workplace diversity which is committed to promoting diversity at every level in the league during Super Bowl was that 51 festivities in 20 uh, 2017 he was honored with the Texas Southern University Pioneer Award re- recognizing his groundbreaking role as an NFL executive and his commitment to champion championing diversity Um and let's see here where I just had it right here uh, sorry about that oh Uh, Ryan Poles uh, also spoke about uh, a brand-new president of the Chicago Bears. Kevin is going to be a tremendous resource, and I'm excited to get started with him. In my time spent with him during the interview process, it quickly became apparent his resume and business acumen will be, be a powerful asset to helping improve our organization and ultimately reach our goal to be a championship organization. He did come out and say Kevin Warren said. My goal is to not only be an NFC North champion, an NFC champion, but a Super Bowl champion. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. That's what you want to hear because you're – and Ryan Poles, it seems like him and Ryan Poles are on the same page. So, look, I I, I can't laud this, this hire by the Chicago Bears loudly enough because I think they did a fantastic job. I think they knocked out of the park. And I think I saw something like 94% of uh, Bears fans approve of this hire and, uh, you know, the other four or six percent, uh, you know, uh, look, uh, I'm sure we can find out why you don't like him.
2: <laughs> oh, so I wanted to give you a little nugget that I know you're going to love. So, you know, he went to college at the University of Pennsylvania, then got his BS at Grand Canyon State University. He got his MBA at Arizona State University and then got his uh, doctorate in law at the University of Notre Dame. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's right. Look, hey, it ain't just a football school <laughs> that's right that's right i mean uh dude his resume speaks for itself and this is the the best possible scenario for the chicago bears going into this new era of getting uh finally a stadium that they're gonna own the land they're gonna own they're gonna have so much revenue you're you're looking at the new bears and it's just it's super exciting because um i'm not a fan of soldier field going there I, I know the historical uh significance of it but going to soldier field it's always a pain in the ass uh you know it's a th- three mile walk from the parking lot or or from the train or from you know uh from downtown just to get in there is such a pain in the ass um we need a dome i i i, I don't go to bears game if it's, it's you know under 40 degrees even if they're free tickets. Shout out to I Steven. mean I'm
3: I'm going because that booze will keep me warm, you know what I mean? Like I'm just putting on extra layers. I'm I, putting I, on all the under armor. I, I, $15, I don't know. I don't know. I'm putting on the under armor, the over armor, all that shit. <laughs> oh, so man. so let's uh let's pivot a little bit because this was a very hot topic about a year and a half ago. And uh since we brought up both of these names on this show mm-hmm. and we've seen the potential of this particular player I'd like to touch on this once again, real quick. Were you more excited when the Bulls drafted Derrick Rose or when the Bears drafted Justin Fields? Hindsight um, being the key now, because we know what their potential both could be.
2: I, I'm, I'm more of a damn it. I was super excited for Derrick Rose. I think for me, Derrick Rose, the story being a hometown kid. Uh, knowing and watching his high school and college career, I followed him more than I did Justin Fields. I'm not a big Ohio State fan, so I didn't watch a lot of those games. But I did watch his highlights. Uh, You're not a college football fan. I am not. I I, I don't I don't. Yeah, my that's Saturdays no are for for me, and not, I don't watch that much football on Saturdays. I do but watch I'm, Notre Dame because you watch it. That's only re- <laughs> that's the only reason I watch Notre Dame
3: you might have watched more notre dame this year than i did and that's not and and just because (laughs) worked out for me you know
2: yeah yeah. um
3: but yeah so like you know and and i'll go back to this and this the reason i was thinking about this is the same reason we were talking about um the jordan legacy looming large over the city yeah and, and that's another reason why I was more excited about Justin Fields and just the same way that you follow Derrick Rose in his high school and college career. I followed Justin Fields in his high school and college career because he was on that Netflix show. And then I watched him when he got, when he got to, um, he went over to Georgia right, and then had to compete with Jake Fromm. And because he was a younger guy, he ended up in Ohio State and so on and so forth. But it, it, it does speak to the fact that a guy as dynamic as Derrick Rose really doesn't get as much shine as he might and and I think realistically, let's say Derrick Rose is from Florida,
2: we wouldn't love him the same way that we do.
3: I we mean, well, we love him because he's from here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love Joaquin. so he's from, he went to school in okay, Florida.
3: Yeah, for, 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 uh, he's from columbia derrick rose from columbia guys that's why you know he was so fast up and down the court so now we know the real reason so now let's say that are we we still like in love with derrick rose that we were no the way that we were when he was from chicago no No. you know what i mean so that's part of it so i mean i i just thought that was it was a interesting thing to kind of to kind of uh you know bring back around um but yeah i mean look i'm excited for the direction that we're seeing the chicago bears going in right now uh You know, this is right now, they have all the makings of a a worst to first scenario coming up. I mean, you look at the NFC North right now, you look at the the fraud that the Vikings were getting their ass beat by the shitty ass uh, Giants who ended up getting their ass beat right they got i mean like they got whomped by philly that was I, that game i'm a i'm a huge nfl fan and you know that right mm-hmm. i turned i didn't turn it off but that game got I scooted over to the second uh tv real quick oh yeah i literally sat there while the, while the giants and the uh, eagles were playing and i was watching scott pilgrim versus the world on the other tv
2: great movie that's a great, a great, movie. great
3: movie but i was like at least i'll be entertained here you know um so yeah uh so let's let's pivot real quick uh before we got a f- we got a few more weeks uh before the Super Bowl so I just wanted to take a look real quick at these NFL playoffs so like i said last night uh the giants uh got mollywamp by philly because that that wasn't even close he was like 30 38 to 7 uh but the giants did manage to squeak by the uh nfc north champion minnesota vikings the biggest frauds in the league right now even bigger than the giants because look what happened to them and then of course you have the green bay packers with the uh the biggest drama queen in the nfl right now i'm so sick of hearing about oh i mean this is this this guy has more drama in his life than fucking Tom Brady and his wife left in midseason. Okay, uh,
2: I, you know what? I, I can I don't care about those two quarterbacks. I care about Justin Fields and working yeah. with his new receivers and who are they going to draft and who are they going to sign. That's all I care about. I don't give a shit about Aaron Rodgers and his sixty million dollar contract next year. I don't yeah. care a shit about Tom Brady and he's going to play in you know uh, for the Saints. I don't care that none of those are going to affect me because you know what? The Bears are going to be the new king of the north. And that's you know, the bottom line for me. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but here, you know what the really shitty thing is right now is that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are taking up storylines when the focus should be on Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence yeah. and Justin Fields. I'll put him in there. And Justin Herbert and all these great young quarterbacks and Joe Burrow right now. Oh, yeah. All the- Great young quarterbacks, right there, that are very deserving of all of the uh, love that's being put their way. As the Bengals just go up on the Bills seven nothing, um, you know this is that this is that game. Um, yeah,
2: we got to wrap this up. <laughs>
3: <yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just frustrating. I wish they would just go away. Um, so yeah, so we got uh, uh, Kansas City pulled it out over Jacksonville. So Jacksonville that that game against the Chargers was really really interesting. You're, you're talking about a team uh, 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 at the time. Our boy Sunshine had never been defeated in high school, college, or the NFL on a Saturday. On a Saturday and they go and, and play against the Chargers. And the Chargers, Justin Herbert, we just had a discussion, Justin Herbert versus Justin Fields. Justin Herbert, they they go up and they put up 28. And Jacksonville wins the game.
2: Yeah. I mean, how is that?
3: How do you do that? I mean, well, look, hey, you got to give love to Trevor Lawrence on that one.
2: Oh, I I watched both of those games with, with Trevor Lawrence, and I think he he's got the making. He's got he's the real deal. He he is the real deal. He is very much the real deal. Excuse me. And you're gonna you're gonna see him transition to being, I would say, a second tier. I don't think he's gonna be in that first tier of a Joe Burrow. Um, i do you do do you think you'll be up there i, I do
3: I, I look i, I see that I, i'll tell you one thing that impressed me and it's not it wasn't even that big of a thing but after the game when he was done doing his interviews and he stood right inside the tunnel right past the point of where all the fans could see him yeah and he tried to greet every single player that I came see to that. the tunnel yeah. and yeah. says you know what and he was almost like i'm sorry i couldn't get you there yeah that's leadership right there that's a guy that's been through it and he understands what what is what it is to be in his position, um, very uh, very impressive performance by Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, like his, he's got a high ankle sprain. Yep. He came out today. The to diagnosis of what happened with his ankle. Um, and he went through. You know, <laughs> you had our boy Mike Logic's uh, doppelganger, uh, Chad Henney, <laughs> out there sniping <laughs> it from ninety-eight yards in that one drive. Uh, I was cool. I, I, th- I was I was proud of Mike, but then it said Chad. I was like, who the fuck is Chad? Um, Start calling like, him Chad. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 uh-huh. Yeah
3: what um but yeah so you know Kansas City pulled it up Kansas City five straight
2: five straight AFC championships that that's what i want here that's what i want obviously yeah. NFC but i that's what i want here i want that 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 success the sustained success and you know i don't i'm not sure if the the coach we have now Iber is going to be that person i hope he is but that's what the bears need is sustained success the city is a happier place when the Bulls, the Bears, the Cubs, the Blackhawks, and the Sox are doing well. Majority, it is going to be the Bears. When the Bears are doing well, the city is a happy place.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, that's just, that's, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, going back to the NFC real quick, we got that Dallas versus Tampa Bay game in that Monday night game. Uh, Tom Brady looked absolutely awful. He looked all of 47 years old yeah. or whatever his real age is. And, uh, Dallas got it done. I doubted them. Definitely. I thought Tom Brady who had never lost to the, the, uh, the Cowboys would definitely take it home, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the Cowboys ended up getting it done and, uh, you know, they, they're going to go on and, uh, face Brock Purdy in San Francisco later on tonight.
2: Ooh, that's Purdy.
3: It is. It <laughs> is. I look, what was it? Uh... Go San Fran. Look, they look. That's San a story. Francisco that's a story right there. has been so I mean like I really hope they make it to the Super Bowl. I I hope they win tonight because I want to see them play against Philly because I kind of think Philly's going to take it. But I mean, like the, the look at the the, the relationship between the um, Caffrey and Shanahan, the coach and the the son, or the the coach and the player back in Denver. Now the coach and the player over in San Francisco. Their their two families are are best friends. I think Shanahan's uh, sister used to babysit for Brock Purdy. Um, but yeah, wow. so it was something like I went a Brock and roll all night and Purdy every day. <laughs> that, that was really good.
2: Dude, it's it's gonna be wild playoffs again. I, I hope San Fran does play Philadelphia. Uh, I hope Dallas loses. I hope uh, the Bengals go and uh, take out the Chiefs again. I, it, there's a lot of good storylines for the NFL, and that, and it's it's winding down. Even though this is the most exciting part of the NFL, uh, it, it reminds you that this is almost done, and it's almost baseball season. okay calm down
3: calm down because here's the thing we only get a few months of of uh football yeah we just at training camp like we were just at training camp
2: yeah yeah right for roquan
3: now we're now we're like a couple weeks away from the super bowl so slow your roll let's enjoy what's in front of us because football season goes by so fucking fast baseball season lasts forever Shit it starts does. in march ends in october okay yeah. it's like your whole ass year <laughs> um but yeah so yeah uh going back over to the afc we got literally right now a uh, cincinnati and buffalo a rematch of the game where Demar hamlin got injured and they never completed the game yeah. um so this will be this will be an interesting uh matchup right now like i said cincinnati up 7 nothing. Um, you know, this is one of those games. this is this is one of my favorite weekends of football of the year uh, because you have eight teams still in it and you're just trying to see who's the real deal and who's not giants clearly uh, were not the real deal jacksonville i think uh when you look at that leadership look at trevor lawrence look at doug peterson on that team i think they have a really good chance and i think you're going to see a lot of really important matchups uh between trevor lawrence between him and justin herbert between him and pat mahomes between him and josh allen and between him and joe burrow i think you got a nice young crop of quarterbacks who are like what 27 or younger yeah. um so that's a really interesting thing i still think that uh I still think Mahomes takes it and goes to the Super Bowl, despite the fact that Cincinnati went in there and, and beat them last year to make it to the Super Bowl. But I, I think right now you're looking at the only team that I would be really questionable about actually making it and, and winning a Super Bowl uh, would be San Francisco. San Francisco or Dallas. I, I still think San Fran, that's who I have in my corner. Um, but Dallas versus Philly would be interesting, too, because they're, yeah. they're uh, rivals. They're-
2: rivals. Yeah. There's really no no good there's not, not going to be a bad game. I mean, I, I know that uh, Philadelphia game w- was a blowout, but most of these games have been competitive. And, you know, the Jacksonville games were fucking great, even though they, they lost to, to Kansas City. It was still a good game going back and forth. Uh, you know, the storyline is, you know, uh, you got a hurt quarterback and his backup is in there and he's, he's still able to move the offense. And then you have the young kid. Young gunslinger, uh, moving the ball and trying to score and try to try to you know put a staple uh, on his legacy for you know being there with Doug Peterson after the debacle that was the coach before was uh, yeah. Uh, uh, whatever it was, uh,
3: yeah Urban Meyer Urban Meyer was, yeah
2: that whole only, fucking piece the of shit. only coach in NFL in NFL history
3: to get fired midseason in his first season yeah ever that's the first time ever happened yeah all right uh, Dallas and San Fran tonight who do you got?
2: I I'm San Fran all the way. I want San Fran. I'm, I'm yeah, cheering for McCaffrey. Okay. Do,
3: you, do you think they would? You want them to win, but do you think they will win?
2: I think they do win. I I really do think they win. I think they they win by three.
3: Okay, so now you got uh, San Fran versus Philly in the NFC Championship. Who's taking that?
2: That's gonna be oh, that's gonna be a tough game. But uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I gotta go Philly on that. My oh. you know, my heart says San Fran, uh, like Tony Bennett. But uh, no, I gotta go with. Uh, Philly, they're just a great team.
3: Okay, so you got Philly for the NFC going into the Super Bowl yep. right now. Uh, Cincinnati Buffalo game going on right now. Who you got in that one?
2: Um, I gotta go with my boy Joe Burrow. Okay, they don't have an offensive line, but they can still put up points.
3: Yeah, but so so, so can Buffalo, and don't forget they're playing for Demar.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. And again, I have a soft spot for Buffalo. I think they've always been a pretty good team. I've always liked the the, the Bills, but uh, yeah, I just gotta go with you know. My guy, Burl. I,
3: I I respect that. I'm taking Buffalo in this game because I feel like, especially with what just happened, they have a lot more juice in the tank right there for okay. what's going on. And I think they can. I think they can actually beat Kansas City. Um, that is going to be the game that I'm really looking forward to. Whoever plays Kansas City. Um, and then so you're taking Buffalo, or you're taking uh, Cincy. Who you got, Cincy versus Kansas City?
2: Then. And I'm taking Cincy on that one too. Wow. Yeah, because Mahomes is hurt. All you gotta do is someone's gonna roll up on his ankle or just he's gonna plant wrong and that's it.
3: I want to remind you of something right now, sir. Jalen Hurts is hurt as well.
2: He's been hurt since the Bears game. He does not he did not play hurt. He, the way he was he was gunslinging the uh yesterday. He he took really good. All right. So right now,
3: you got Philly. Versus Cincy in the Super Bowl. We're going to let that sit for a couple weeks. And yeah. we're going to come back and revisit this for our Super Bowl preview show. Yeah. And until then, that's the bottom line. And
0: that's the bottom
2: line. We'll be right back with Stirring the Pot after a word from our sponsors. This is Enrique Calderon
3: coming to you from True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Come check me out on social media
2: Enrique Calderon Official on Instagram and Facebook. Check it us out. Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E Rock and Big Z.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: that time again, brother. Uh oh. You know what time it is?
3: Oh, boy.
2: It's time for stirring a pot bing, bing. bing. <laughs> I don't have the sounder on the board <laughs> I gotta put that in there um oh so so I I was literally thinking about this all week um because you know I gotta think about the serving of pot and um I I was thinking I've never ever 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 okay. had a slim gym you excitement step to a slim gym I've never had a slim gym so oh you- no <laughs> <laughs> so i think you've had i think i've seen you eat a slim jim at one point i can't remember where we were doing it we i think we were out and about and you're like i need to get something to eat and you had your energy drink and you, had, you were eating a slim jim oh, yeah something's like probably. yeah that, that seems like you're like a, meat, a meat and cheese stick <laughs> yeah probably so what what is it about a slim jim that makes you want to eat it so first of all, I
3: think the question here is sight unseen. This is not something you've had, uh, or not sight unseen, you know what it looks like, but you, this is not something even you've ever had to consume before. Have you ever had beef jerky?
2: I've had, no, I've never had beef jerky. The only ter- jerky What's- I've ever had. Wait, no, 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 you, I'm wrong on that because uh, when we went to Alejandra's, I had some of that uh, That's well, I don't know what kind of jerky that was. I, I did it did that was good. Um, okay. But I've had at the bowling alley one of the older oh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. You remember that bag? Yeah,
3: pack. More really.
2: <laughs> okay. It was good. It was good. Um, yeah. I, I was bowling. One of the guys, he's a hunter, and he brought venison jerky, and that was amazing, amazing. I think I ate like four sticks of it. It was just yeah. Great. It's,
3: well, it's good because it's more lean meat. Like if you can get fresh jerky, it's a lot different. It's usually hunted and and you know, done right.
2: Yeah. So, what's the difference between that jerky and you know a slim jim is it i don't
3: know so so i mean like you know a, a regular like a bag of beef jerky is literally cut up dried up dehydrated meat yeah. a slim jim is more like a like a hot dog right like it's just it's it's more it's more processed
2: oh does it snap like the commercial
3: it does well because it's so. It's essentially like a Chicago hot dog, right? The outside does have a snap when you bite into it. That's snap into a Slim Jim, you know. That's why <laughs> you actually get the snap. Oh yeah, yeah, all that shit. Like, it. and actually, when you do uh, legally, I actually checked the terms of this. When you do take a bite into a Slim Jim, you do have to say, "Oh yeah."
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Macho Man. We will miss you. Oh man,
3: My got arrested for not doing that once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like no slapping allowed sir.
3: <laughs> All right, man. So, so, you know, now you know what a Slim Jim is. Yeah. Is this something that you will try, yay or nay?
2: Oh, I would definitely try it. And you know what? I want to do it on air. I want to film that segment because, I mean, it's. It, I think it's going to be an honest reaction. And I think something yeah. that, that I, I, you know what? I think I'll, I'll enjoy it. And I might end up buying Slim Jims as a, a snack. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm down. I know you, you're a big fan of Slim Jims.
3: I mean, I I am i a big fan i've had it i'm not i'm not saying no if someone has one or offers you one but i'm not like going out of my way you know what i mean like i'll eat like summer sausage but like like the the you where you just slice it up and have uh-huh. it with, like cheese. we always had that when i was a kid my dad was big on that because he was a bachelor for a long time so he knew that if he had meat and cheese it would offset all the beer he was drinking <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh wow how times, yeah, so, times uh, so
3: Slim Jim we'll have to uh, you know we'll, we'll make sure we queue up the commercial so we have the sounder ready and we'll you know maybe we'll even do that uh, for a Super Bowl
2: <laughs> and we can dress up as macho man alright cool <laughs>
3: <laughs> alright brother uh,
2: before we go what you looking at what have you been watching that isn't sports sir Uh, so yeah uh, what am I watching oh Hunters uh, it's uh, with Al Pacino over on Amazon Prime. I t- uh, season two just dropped, and I totally forgot because it's been like over a year, maybe a year and a half, since they, they had the first season. Forgot exactly what was happening, and I had to <laughs> rewatch the whole thing over again. And if you don't oh, know about Hunters, yeah, I did. Uh, if you don't know what Hunters is, it's pretty much uh, they're hunting Nazis. So you have Al Pacino, who is a, uh was in the concentration camps, and now he's a wealthy man, and he has a team of hunters that go around and they go finding uh these upper echelon um uh, nazis generals and officers and so forth there have been infiltrated into the fabric of the united states so they're like senators and uh all these you know high-ranking things some of them were nasa and so forth so they're finding out that you know they're among us and they're getting hunted by al pacino's team so i thought it was pretty cool
3: that that reminds me a little bit of abe uh Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter where like there was people that were in plain sight were just like complete like they were actual vampires. Huh. I mean if you read the book or seen the movie it's it's pretty badass. Um but yeah, I mean like that that definitely sounds like uh that's something that's interesting, but it also sounds like something that I would have to actually pay attention to.
2: You do have to pay it. I mean I just like it cuz it has a lot of history historical references. Um and i don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it so um yep. it's a great show uh it's on amazon prime each episode is about 45 minutes uh i think there's like eight or ten episodes per season so it's not a long thing um and then uh other than that what have i been watching um oh the the christian bale movie that's on netflix
3: oh yeah i've, I've seen it uh, come across the feed but i haven't checked it uh, yet.
2: De- it's a definitely watch def- definitely watch that and then that's uh, pretty much it because i've been watching a lot of documentaries and a lot of old stuff that I've, I've seen already just in the background you know how i do you know how i do man what have you been watching
3: uh so i actually funny funny enough uh, time about old shit i actually rewatched the longest yard with adam sandler the other day just because i was doing stuff and it was good to have it on in the background uh but the two like the, the the couple major things that i was watching was white lotus uh, i don't know if you ever have you seen it yet not yet uh to season one. We just started season two. It won a bunch of Academy Awards. Um, funny thing enough is that two of the people that are in this move or in this uh, TV show are Stifler's mom <laughs> and Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Nice. There are they're in it. the first season was uh, really really interesting. Uh, a very uh, like a luxury hotel and all the weird shit that happens in the background. One person dies and they tr- you kind of get the uh, the backstory of how that happened. Uh, okay. um, definitely check that out. Uh, the new season is uh, same. as Jennifer Coolidge and whoever the play whoever the hell plays Uncle Rico. Shout out to Jennifer Coolidge again, the, AKA Stifler's mom for winning a Golden Globe and just like losing her mind on stage. Like I can't believe I'm up. I can't believe that I'm up here. Huh? Who are you? Fucking- can say like just uh, dropping f-bombs everywhere um and the other thing that i that i watched of course snl last night with aubrey Fraza and sam smith really really good show funny see her bring uh, uh leslie nope aka emmy polar up on stage during the weekend update uh really really funny show they did a great job and of course sam smith uh it doesn't look it, unless you just hate Gay people, or just hate Sam Smith. He's he's an amazing uh, uh, performer. Um, mm-hmm. That that Body Shop song had no idea it was him. He he performed that, and then another song where some lady came out from under this big dress thing that he was wearing and uh yeah so that was really interesting and finally uh my number one reality show of all time the circle came back on netflix this corny ass goofy ass uh reality show where people literally are just living in a big ass apartment building there and uh they you we talked about this before um but they just communicate through uh, to each other through social media, and it's just their little group there. They don't see each other. Some people play as catfish, some people play as themselves. Um, but they just dropped the entire fifth season. Uh, they they finally got the finale out there. So, yeah, that's my uh, that's my guilty pleasure. I, I do not know why I love this show so much, but it's just entertaining to see people's reaction behind the screen, and it feels like it feels like you're watching something that you shouldn't. Like you're, oh, I shouldn't be. this is i shouldn't know what's happening behind the scenes and you're watching people in real life uh interact
2: with each other and we all have those guilty shows i mean my guilty show was jersey Shore. that's trash tv that's very trash it's so bad yeah it's it's, so bad yeah it's so bad so yeah uh but
3: yeah ladies and gentlemen if you get a chance to watch the circle while you wait for this (laughs) while you try to fill in your gaps between uh uh nfl football and wait for the uh wait for the baseball scene to start since the since the bulls are not worth watching uh it looks like since he just went up 14 nothing. so you might get your wish, sir. Yes, sir. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of football. Hopefully, uh, you know, we get our matchups that we want, and we can talk about Super Bowl in a couple weeks. But thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your shirts right now. And don't forget to check out the rest of the 606 media lineup. The new show show in the 606 family is No Water on the Weekend with Stephen and Sean. You guys are well familiar with both of these guys, so make sure you check out their show. It is a pop culture forward podcast that dabbles in funny trivia, film, television, music, and Chicago-centric news and happenings. New episodes are available on Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. And All Net is back in action after a brief hiatus with, uh, Mike Logic and Joey Childs going on tour to promote their new music. Uh, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports fans, and Shy Native Entertainment present All Net Podcast. Make sure to check out All Net with Mike Logic and Ideal after every Bulls games, wherever, and uh, the next day wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Just Dropped, Chips by uh, Mike Logic and Joey, Joey Childs, like I said, uh, produced by Max Julian. This is the first official single for Mike and Joey's upcoming EP, too much to text volume one the shy native radio podcast is now available on all major platforms Mike logic ideal and throw mc talk about sports movies and all types of ill shit if you got music that you want people to hear make sure you email it to them and they will go ahead and take a listen if they like it they will play it on air you can check out the shy native uh radio podcast wherever you listen to podcasts Shout out to Ronesh, Panic, Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we played on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Moleman merch and gear. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at TrueShyFans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and reach out to us. Hit us up on the email with your questions, concerns, and uh, tell us how good we look. That's right. <laughs> uh, reach out at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com.
0: And
2: now, this.
0: Snap. Crackle. Creaking then I pop It's how my body sounds every time when I get up Joints are crackling like the cereal Getting older can be such a pain But I'm still an OG Even with my walking cane I got orthopedic Nike So my feet are not pain Cause comfort's more important when you're older My arthritis acts up when it gets colder Gravity is pulling down on my shoulders It's like I'm shrinking each year I get older From 6'5 now I'm down to 6'1 And staying home at night is my idea of Fun, yeah from this OG's perspective, gotta be in bed by nine is now my brand new objective. Cause I gotta get plenty of sleep, light by my feet, cause I know I'm gonna wake up and pee. I hold it all day, then I pee all night. Just like a baby who's confused and thinks the day is the night. I drink my coffee every morning to warm my blood Cause it's gonna take a minute to start me up But once I get going, I ain't never gonna stop Unless you wanna hang out after 9 o'clock my snap, crackle,
3: We'll see you next time for episode 128 Until then, be good to each other For the love of sports I always like to keep my favorite snack handy Need a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jam, oh yeah!
1: a few moments later
3: you have a lot of incest that's real shut your mouth
1: lover boy
0: nature versus nurture lodge nature always wins I think he's on steroids
1: (laughs) hasta luego amigos show's over show's over show's over